0: I loved everything about the church, but I grew up uh, pretty much running my own life, not totally sold out to the Lordship of Christ. And I love the Lord and we went to church all the time, but there is such a difference in totally selling out to his control in everything. So when I was about 40, My husband owned a forklift company. And in 1981, I don't know if you remember, but the downturn of the oil economy happened and Houston was pretty much the first hit. Overnight, his business dried up. That was in January of 1981. He kept the business afloat until 84, but barely. We had a son, our youngest was in college and it was just an awful time. Finally, in 1984, he had to declare bankruptcy and it was just the worst time. In Texas, they can't take your home because it was homesteaded, but we lost our cars and God used that awful time to break me and then to rebuild me and I am so thankful for that time, even though it was so miserable with debt, you know, debt people calling and wanting you to pay your bills. And it was just an awful, awful time. But I was sitting in, and I was on staff at my church in Houston. So I didn't want anybody to know what a mess my life was in, but it was getting worse and worse. And so one Sunday, I was sitting in our worship service and I can remember exactly where I was like the day I accepted Jesus. It was that big of a deal. And our pastor was saying that God is a perfect gentleman. He will never come in and make the changes that need to be made in your life without your uh, permission. And he said, if you are not willing for God to do the work that he needs to do, you can pray this prayer. Lord, I'm not willing, but I'm willing to be made willing. And as sincerely as I ever prayed any prayer in my life, I did not go forward being on staff at the church, but I prayed that prayer that morning. And I said, Lord, that's right where I am. I am not willing because, you know, I grew up listening to so many missionaries. I thought if you totally sold out, you were going to China or Africa. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I was old enough that I knew I wasn't going, but I still had my kids trying to control what they were going to do. And uh, I prayed that prayer and I finished it with, and please don't let it hurt too bad. I knew it just had to be awful. And it was anything but. Our lives began to turn around we started tithing what income we had, and you know, when you don't have much, it's really easy to tithe. So, um, but we just turned everything over to God, and thank goodness we live in America, you know, and you can get stuff back, you can, you, your life can totally be turned around. And God took control of me, and He literally has changed everything about me except my personality. My personality has stayed the same. But it was kind of like I had a list of all the things that I could do for God and a list of all the things I would not be able to do for God. And he got that list mixed up. And now he has me doing all the things that I said I would never be able to do. <laughs> you know, because I love hurting women. And I just... uh It's just the neatest thing, the way he used that tragedy to break me and then rebuild me into the woman that he he knew from the time I was conceived, the woman that I would eventually be. What was the hardest break for you? What was the hardest thing that he did to change you? Well, it was all relationships. I had uh, led a first place for health class since 1981. And uh, I had four senior adult ladies that helped me. I had 40 women in my class and they each had a scale in one of the side rooms to weigh their 10 people. And they found out if they had any problems and they told me, and then I would look like I cared, give them a call. But, you know, I had this list, God, you know, women have so many problems I cannot get involved with all their problems. Right. It's so, overwhelming. Yeah, and it was. And so that has totally changed. I probably have four or five younger women that I mentor. And I absolutely love to see the changes that God works in their lives just through unconditional love, Uh I have had a lot of tragedy in, our, in my life. Our daughter was killed by a drunk driver. We lost our home to Hurricane Ike. We lived down on Galveston Bay. And uh, my husband had stage four cancer for, he lived almost 17 years when they gave him a year and a half to live when he was diagnosed at age 58. So we have been through a lot. But, you know, I have, I cling to James 1 2 that says, Count it all joy when you face various trials because, you know, the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Yeah. And perseverance must finish its work. So you'll be mature and complete in everything. And those trials that we go through that are so awful at the time are what make us into women who will never give up never quit. You know, I'm till the Lord takes me home. I'm going to be serving him. Yes. Yes. And, um, and you wrote this great book, which I think that, you know, anybody that's listening would be interested in reading. It's called give God a year, change your life forever. Can you hold that book up? Yes. And can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I It was uh, 2008 when I was going to write this book and I wrote an article for our newsletter and it was a great article. I told a story about a woman that came to one of our wellness weeks and a year later she had lost exactly a hundred pounds when she came back the next year. And I closed my computer that morning. It was very early and we were living at the bay and I thought that was a great article. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to my heart and say, Carol, would you give me a year and see what I can do in your life? Well, you know, it's a lot easier for me to encourage you to give God a year than to actually do it. 365 days is a good long while. I get that. I prayed about it. And the next morning I said, I'm in, because I knew, you know, the Holy Spirit speaks to us so sweetly. And I knew that he had something planned. Well, just three weeks later, Hurricane Ike came into Galveston Bay and destroyed our home there. Everything we owned was gone and it was our permanent home. It wasn't a a beach house. And, uh, I realized that God wanted me to give him that year. So we'd be up close and personal for the whole year. But the whole thing is, uh, I suggest a four by eight index card where on one side you put two or three or four things that if you did them every day would change your life in a year. It might be, Washing your face every night before you go to bed. You know, it could be simple things that you know would change your life if you would do them. And then on the other side of the card, you put two or three things that you would like to see God do at the end of the year. And those are things that you have no power to make happen. One of the things I wrote was to heal my husband of cancer. You know, I wanted that, and I told God over and over how much glory he would get out of it, because every time I spoke, I would tell people that he healed him, And uh, but, you know, he he was gracious to leave him with me all those years, but I have a great give God a year story, and it's not in the book, because it happened um, that year. A friend of mine, Martha Rogers, who co-leads my first place for health class with me, she said, I always preview everything for uh, for speaking engagements or first place to make sure that it's going to fly, you know, while I'm writing the book. And so when I gave the Give God a Year talk, Martha said, I'm going to give God a year. And she said, what I'm going to put on God's side, is I would love to see my name on the front of a book. She had always wanted to write books. She wanted to write historical Christian fiction. Now that is a really tight genre. That's what she wanted to do. That year in June, on her birthday, she got a contract from Strang Publishing, who had just started a historical Christian fiction line On her birthday, she was 73 years old. She is 84 now. She's written 50 books. Whoa. 50 books. She gives God a year every January. Wow. It is the most amazing thing. And she'll tell me, I've got deadlines. I don't know how I'm going to reach them. And I'll just say, don't come crying to me. (laughs) (laughs) you got way more than you asked for. So that is a wonderful give God a year story. But it's it's not profound things. It might be like you want to memorize one verse a week for the year. Yeah. I did that for two years and memorized 100 verses with a friend. We did it on the treadmill side by side. Only one verse a week. And when our daughter was killed by a drunk driver at the age of 39, it was those verses deep down in my heart that saved my life. It was not a weight loss program or exercise or all the things that that are important so that we can live a long time. But it was that scripture that I had in my heart. And I didn't realize how God would use it in speaking too, because the Holy Spirit can go into your mind and pick one that somebody needs to hear yeah. while you're speaking, and you didn't intend to use that verse. That's right. So uh, scripture memory is probably the thing I'm the most passionate about. That's wonderful. Carol, can you leave us with an encouraging word? I, I can. Um, my favorite verse is Romans fifteen thirteen. And it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. To get a copy of Carol's book, Give God a Year, Change Your Life Forever, you can get it on Amazon.